Well, good morning and welcome to Amazing Women, the public affairs show that I started back in 2004 to highlight women in Rhode Island who make a difference. I'm Deb Ruggiero, and I'm excited to chat this morning with Mary Burke, Bryant University's women's basketball coach for over 30 years with over 415 wins and still counting. She's the longest tenured coach in the history of men and women's college basketball in Rhode Island. She's one of the few people who has coached a Rhode Island college sport and also is a native of the state. Mary's from Warwick, went to Tollgate, where she was a five-time All-State, three in basketball, two in volleyball. And then at Providence College, she led the 85-86 Friars to the Big East Tournament in the NCAA. Mary was inducted into the New England Basketball Hall of Fame in 2004 and the PC Athletics Hall of Fame in 2007. And she just keeps on winning and winning <laughs> coach of the Bryant Bulldogs women's basketball team since 1991. So Mary, good morning and thanks so much for joining me this morning. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Deb. I greatly appreciate the opportunity today. So when did you know that sports and basketball would just be your whole life and your career? Well, I'm not sure I knew early on. Um, obviously, I think from a very early age, I was a very good athlete, but I think, um, you know, when I um, graduated from college and I had the opportunity to kind of get exposed here at Bryant to, you know, college athletics and, and you know, participating with the players and, and coaching um, here at Bryant, it kind of overlapped, you know, the opportunities I had as a player. And, um, you know, I kind of immediately knew from there that, you know, this was kind of the direction I wanted to take my life. So my life in, you know, athletics and um, as an athlete kind of paralleled you know, all the things I did in the classroom. So it's been a great opportunity for me and has really, you know, taken my life in a, a direction I'm not sure I always knew um, that I was going to have the opportunity to follow. Do your players know today that you were such a star athlete yourself? Well, I really don't like to talk about, um, you know, my career and um, the success I had. I, I really like to just use that as my experience. So as I step on the court, I'm a little bit more confident on the delivery and what I'm trying to get across to the players. In 2015-2016, your women's Bryant Bulldogs basketball team began the season 10-0. and 0. I mean, only seven teams in conference history have actually done that. I mean, how awesome, huh? That must have been well, you know, we had a, um, a great upperclassmen team. Um, I had the player of the year. I had the rookie of the year on that team. I had some other all-conference players. And we just gelled, you know, nicely early on, and we really had that great run early in the season. And um, to start 10-0, you know, obviously everyone was very confident and playing well. So it was an awesome start. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were excited to have the, that type of start to the season. Do you find that each year you're getting older, but the students you're coaching, they're all staying the same age, right? I mean, <laughs> how do you connect with the different generations, or is age just a number for you? Um, well, you know, it's funny because when I first became head coach at Bryant, um, I was 28 years old. So the gap between me and the players was, you know, pretty close. So over the years, um, the gap continues to grow. And, and one of the reasons why I really love this profession is, you know, keeping um, around some of the younger players and um, just their mentality. It keeps me, um, you know, uh, current and um, it's just a great atmosphere to be around youth and, you know, just keeps me kind of up to date on kind of current affairs and things that are going on. 
Yeah, it totally does keep you young, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you need that as you get older in this profession. <laughs> if you're just dribbling in, thanks for joining us. I'm Deb Ruggiero. My guest is Mary Burke, Bryant University's women's basketball coach. For over 30 years, Mary, with over 400 wins, I'm starting to do the math. That's like 13 wins a season. How many games do you play? Well, you know, it really kind of depends on the season, but average, we're playing about 29 games. Um, this season was a little different due to the COVID situation, but um, it's usually 29, you know, regular season games, and then you start to include playoffs and, and postseason opportunities after that. Mm -hmm. What do you love most about your job as a head coach for the women's basketball team at Bryant University? Well, I think once, um, you know, you finish your career as a player, um, this profession allows me to still be, you know, very competitive and passionate about the game. And it also allows me to use whatever my expertise are and see younger women grow and be passionate about the game as well. And, and really, you know, uh, see players, you know, grow and develop in their four years and then have the opportunities to go out and live their best lives through their experiences here at Bryant. So it's multifaceted and why I love the profession, but it just, you know, it gives me a great deal of satisfaction to, to work with younger players and see them grow over their careers. So you're not only teaching these young women to be the best basketball players in the conference, but you're teaching them about academics and you're also coaching them on how to be successful in life in many ways. You know, and absolutely, you know, when I took the, um, you know, the position, you know, 30 years ago, it was, you know, my philosophy was to really piggyback on the reputation that Brian has academically, meaning bringing in players who were going to complement um, not only the academic reputation, um, but also we're going to meet the challenges of what's expected academically and then want to be those passionate young women who are going to want to grow and be the best players they can be and use those tools um, as they take giant steps forward away from me and away from Bryant and, you know, live you know, again, their successful lives. That's really important. And for many of these young women, athletic competition is really a doorway to self-confidence and success, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't say enough about, you know, the self-esteem that I think um, being in athletics and you don't need to play it at a college level. I think it's just you know, being a part of um, a team and setting values and having relationships. Um, and then if you have the great fortune of taking that next step and playing it at a college level, well, I, I just think it, you know, continues to allow you to grow and the self-esteem that you get from it um, just speaks volumes. And um, I think it's a, a big, important aspect of being a part of athletics. So what keeps you up at night? Oh, um, you know, a lot of different things. I mean, in this profession, oftentimes people who are not a part of athletics think it's, you know, kind of like intramurals or, or club. And, um, you know, it's so much more than that. There are many different aspects of it, making sure the players are prepared and ready to meet the challenges of competition, making sure that my players are doing the right things academically, as well as meeting the challenges on the court. Um, making sure that, you know, I'm doing everything in my power to help them grow and, and be the best players um, as possible. So there are many different aspects that keep me up at night. So, um, but, you know, I'm accustomed to the lifestyle and um, it's something that I value and, and love. And what do you do if you have a player who maybe is there on scholarship um, and is playing on the team, but, you know, isn't as competitive as you'd like and, you know, has more potential, but just not kicking in? I mean, how do you handle that? 
Belle, I mean, obviously through the recruiting process, I think it's really important that young athletes understand the mentality of the coach and what they expect of the program. Um, that, you know, that's first and foremost, there has to be that dialogue and, and that mentality. They understand, you know, what my mentality is, what I expect for the program, what the resources are here that are going to allow you to continue to grow and be the best player you can be. So, um, you know, I really think that starts in the early part of the recruiting process. They understand, you know, the resources that are going to be given. You have to understand that players here are getting full athletic scholarships. So in some way, it's looked at as, you know, a job. We hope it's a job you love and you want to grow and you want to get better at. Um, and so they need to understand from the beginning that, you know, what's involved in this opportunity and um, how much you're going to need to work and develop and become the best player you can be. And what's the career opportunity for women who are these outstanding athletes in college? What's the next step? Well, I mean, there, there are many different um, avenues players can go down um, after graduation. I've had some want to dabble in doing, you know, go professionally for um, overseas, you know, for a couple years um, because they still have the passion and love for the game. I've had those players who once graduate, you know, follow their major um, and go into getting outstanding jobs. I've had players who um, are into coaching um, at all different levels, whether that be college or high school or AAU. Um, and, you know, I love to see that because obviously um, they enjoyed and loved their experience and they want to go and continue to be role models for younger women. Um, and I think that's really important. What about the WNBA? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, you know, it's a tremendous opportunity to, to play in the WNBA. I'm not sure if that's for everyone. It's, um, it's a, a super high level. And so when I say some of my players have gone and played overseas, um, it's because, you know, not only do they want to play basketball, but it allowed them to travel as well. So, you know, there are multiple components to that. Um, I haven't had the great fortune of coaching someone that was going to play in the WNBA, but I still have a few years left in me. <laughs> the recruitment, Mary, which I mean, it's got to be so competitive because you're going out there looking for these athletes to bring into Bryant. But every other women's basketball coach is doing the same thing across the country, right? Exactly. So um, you're right. It's super competitive. Um, and we believe that we have an advantage here at Bryant because of the great academics and the facilities that we have here at Bryant. Um, there's been a huge investment, which is another reason why this is a great opportunity for me, because administratively, they put my players in the best positions to be successful. Uh, but to give you a little backstory, when I first started here at Bryant and I was an assistant, we had a $5,000 recruiting budget. Now, 30 years later as the head coach, in one recruiting week, I could be in five cities in seven days. Wow. So, um, you know, it's been great that I've been able to grow um, uh, with the support here at Bryant, but it's been amazing how the game has not only grown, but the support um, that's been given to women. So I think it's awesome. How much has your recruiting budget grown from $5,000 or can you not disclose that? Well, you know, I'm not going to get into great detail, but I can tell you it's significantly higher than it was 30 years ago. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but there's more to know about Mary Burke, the longest tenured coach in the history of men and women's basketball, college basketball here in Rhode Island. Amazing Women Rhode Island is now a podcast. You can subscribe for free on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all your favorite streaming services. 
And if you like our show, please leave us a review and help spread the word. My guest is Mary Burt, Bryant University's women's basketball coach for over 30 years, over 413 wins and still counting. She's the longest tenured coach in the history of men and women's college basketball in Rhode Island. Um, this may be sacrilegious, Mary, but I have to ask, have you ever wanted to coach like at a higher profile school like UConn, Tennessee, maybe Stanford, huh? Well, you know, Deb, um, to be honest with you, um, that answer would be no. Um, and it's not because, you know, I'm not competitive or, you know, have, you know, have any kind of vision of I'd be less than if not trying to strive for, you know, something that was considered a more high profile. For me, having the opportunity at Bryant, I'm from Rhode Island. Um, my family's here. Um, my mom lived with me for 12 years. The last five were very difficult. Mm. The fact that, you know, I was here at Bryant and I could be by her side was really important to me. Um, I love Rhode Island and everything that it's about. So there was no, you know, chasing what was perceived to be something greater. I felt I had all the tools that were necessary to be successful here and all the support. Um, and so uh, just super fortunate to have had the opportunity here. Well, that takes a lot of self-awareness about yourself. You know, it's one of the components of really high emotional IQ, knowing what's best for you and self-regulating yourself and not just moving on to something else just because, you know, it's another, you know, notch that you're supposed to do. Well, you know what, Sue, um, you know what, Deb, like sometimes um, what happens is people are always chasing, you know, that glitz and glam, I call it. And um, unfortunately, you know, they can fall short because they think the grass is greener somewhere else. And um, obviously I always felt like I had all the tools that were necessary here at Bride to be successful. And mm -hmm. obviously I think my longevity speaks to that, but, um, you know, it just was not something that I desired or felt I was going to be less than if I didn't try for something greater. Right. You know, we talked before the break a little bit about recruiting and it is competitive. It is time consuming. As you said, how do you recruit these women athletes, you know, to come onto your team? You know, what, what's Mary Burke's secret sauce? Yeah, I'm not sure uh, it's a secret sauce, but, you know, I, we first um, obviously need to always, I have um, three full-time assistants who do a, a great job of getting out there and, you know, finding players first and foremost who are going to meet the needs academically and what's expected in the classroom. I mean, that's first and foremost. And then, you know, the great fortune of being here for a long time means, um, there's a system in place. And so um, the, the staff are fully aware of this system and what allows our program to be successful. So I think, you know, again, it's, it's multi-layered, uh, but first and foremost, we're out there in the trenches just like everyone else. And, you know, at all the AAU events, all the summer events, and it's, it's not a month or two, you know, job as far as recruiting. It's a, you know, year-round commitment to recruiting and bringing in the right student athletes who are going to meet the challenges of what we expect in the classroom and also what we expect on the court. Mm -hmm. So um, there are hit and misses. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I'd like to think there are many that I've knocked out of the park and players who have made great contributions here to Bryant in many different aspects. Mm -hmm. And do you try to recruit from Rhode Island? Um, is there a preference for that or no? It's whoever is the best academic and athlete, that's who I want on the Bulldogs. Well, you know, I, I'd like to think that um, if there are athletes here in Rhode Island who are worthy and can really contribute to our program and meet all the challenges, then absolutely. And we've had a few in Rhode Island who have come to the program, have done a great job. Um, but we're out there nationally. We have some international players in the program as well. And this can kind of give you the scope of 
how, um, you know, we'll go to whatever deaths are necessary to bring in the right players internationally, you know, and or, you know, in the States to find the best players who are going to allow our program to be successful. Yep. And as you mentioned, it is pretty competitive with so many other coaches vying for these same athletes. <laughs> exactly. Because everyone's looking for the great students who are going to really come in and, and compete. Well, I mentioned to you, my cousin Sue Cahill is assistant coach over with Cary at Assumption College in Worcester. Um, do you know, you must know them, I guess, just from, from coaching. Um, I don't know if you're in the same league. But. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, not only do I know them as people and as players, and um, we, we really competed against each other for my first 18 years in the Northeast 10 Conference. The Northeast 10 is considered one of the top five Division II conferences in the country. So super competitive coaches. And I know when I first started and I had the opportunity to be the head coach, I figured out early on um, with the competition in the Northeast 10 with the quality of coaches that I was really going to need to, you know, up my game and really master my craft because there are great coaches with great programs in that league. And um, obviously um, assumption is one of them. And um, I really had to, you know, continue to grow and become the best coach I could, um, you know, in those circumstances. How would you describe your coaching style and your philosophy, Mary? Well, I think, you know, my coaching style is, you know, I'm pretty passionate, um, demanding. Um, again, I'd like to think we provide a lot. So therefore my expectations for the program are high um, and it all carries over into recruiting. Meaning again, that communication and making sure that players that we are interested in understand my passion um, and what the level of expectation are for the program. And obviously, as I've gone on for 30 years, there's, you know, many players that have become before the ones that are here currently who have really, you know, put the program on the map and have allowed the program to be successful. So I'm looking to continue on that tradition um, of, you know, successful players and that are meeting all the challenges that are expected. If you're just joining us, thanks for tuning in and sharing part of your weekend with us. I'm Deb Ruggiero. My guest is Mary Burke, Bryant University's women's basketball coach for over 30 years, over 300 wins, over 400 wins. Wow. Um, so, hey, Mary, what is the worst thing they're going to say about Coach Mary Burke? The worst thing? The players would oh. say about you. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think they'd say, um, you know, probably that, you know, she's tough and, um, you know, we'll do whatever is necessary to push buttons to, you know, get us to be the best player that we can be. Um, that's not always the easy route. Um, you know, so I guess that could be looked at negatively or positively. I think it's a positive, but, you know, there have been many players who felt like, um, you know, they were pushed and challenged maybe a little too much. <laughs> but um, I just feel that's, that's what's necessary in this day and age. Well, Vince Lombardi once said, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. <laughs> exactly. What's the best thing you hope to hear from your players? Well, I'd like to hope that they think that I, you know, have been a, a, a tremendous role model for them in their lives and that I've always looked out for their best interests, that, you know, it wasn't just about basketball, that I cared about what they did academically. I tried to prepare them for the future and all the tools that were necessary. And um, it was so important for, that, for me to provide, you know, all those tools so they could go out and live their best lives. And, and that's really important. And I think, um, all the players that have left me and gone on and done great things are a, a product of what my philosophy is and what my mentality is and, and what I expect for the program. Mm -hmm. As a head coach, I'd say besides, you know, talking to your players about competition and winning, what's the single most lesson you hope they get out of each and every basketball game? 
Well, I think, you know, working hard, um, whether that be a game or practice, because, you know, that mentality has got to translate over into the real world. Um, and so there's always, you know, different obstacles. You know, you didn't do well in a, an exam. Well, you got to come in here and you got to be in practice, you know, ready to work hard and, and, and be able to meet those challenges. So, um, you know, I'd like to I'd like to think that, um, you know, it's just making sure they come in prepared and ready to work hard. Mm-hmm. So you've coached, as you mentioned, so many amazing women in your 30-year career at Bryant Women's Basketball. Um, any story of resiliency or triumph by an athlete that stands out in your mind? Um, well, there was one. Um, it's a little bit of an unfortunate situation, but um, it, it all turned out really well. But um, I, I recruited a player out of Connecticut who was one of the top 100 centers coming out of um, out, out of the country. Um, and you know, unfortunately for her, she was in a car accident. Um, she was a passenger car that hit a tree. And unfortunately, she um, got knocked out of the car. Um, unfortunately, she became paralyzed from the neck down. Oh. Um, and then um, it kind of worked from the waist down. Um, we still honored the scholarship here at Bryant. Um, she came back to the program as a freshman after in second semester freshman year and um, stayed with the program, grew with the program. So she went from a wheelchair to a walker to crutches. And on her senior day here at Bryant, we had her um, dress in a uniform. We put her under a basket. And to make sure that she was considered a legitimate player, we actually had her score a basket. So since then, she has left Bryant. She is a guidance counselor at a high school in Connecticut and has done extremely well. So at the end of the day, I would hope that I am not valued on how many games I've won, but situations like her name was Pam Malcolm. Mm. That is really what I'm about. Mm. And those stories and those situations, they may not be as dramatic as that, but those are the stories that test you as coaches. And um, was I not going to give her the scholarship? That was not the case. And I gave her the scholarship and she flourished here at Bryant and um, it was a great story for me, um, great story for her, and um, it really meant a lot to me. What a story indeed. I mean, I'm getting chills just listening to you speak. I mean, that to me is a legacy, you know, of, of what your job and your work is about. Um, how do you hope to be remembered? I mean, at some point, you're going to move on as head coach of the women's basketball team at Bryant University. What do you hope the legacy of Mary Burke will be? Well, I hope the legacy is that, um, you know, again, I, I had the passion and the work ethic and the drive um, to lead my players to being successful and, and being the best they could be. And I'd like to hope that I did it with a little style and grace. And I was a role model um, for what women in college athletics should be. Um, I think that would be really important to me. Because it's not how big you are, it's how big you play, right? Exactly. You got that right. <laughs> so in the final minutes, you know, who were some of your mentors? Well, I think um, especially early on, um, you know, when we, we think about basketball, obviously in my early years, Pat Head Summit, um, the coach at Tennessee, was a great role model for being a strong, passionate woman in the national scene. Um, obviously, she was a great coach and, you know, um, did tremendous things at Tennessee. Um, but here, um, for me in Rhode Island, um, obviously, my mom was a, a positive role model for me. Um, my high school coach, Gail Davis, who um, is a very successful high school coach here, who, you know, while I was in high school, really made sure that 
as I was starting to reap success, made sure that my head was on straight and always understood that it was about the team and not individual. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, um, Helen Burt, who was the senior women's administrator at Providence, really showed me that, you know, what women in college athletics should look like and should be. Um, and, you know, that group of women, um, I thought were real tremendous role models for me and um, really kind of led the way and provided me those opportunities to be successful. And you will be a remarkable role model as you already are for so many other women. You've made an incredible difference, Mary, in the lives of so many young women. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, Thank you so much, Deb, and I greatly appreciate being on the show. I end each show with a quote, and this one is from women's basketball coach Pat Summit from the University of Tennessee. She had over 1,098 wins, third most in women's basketball history, and she left us way too soon in 2012. You can't always be the strongest or the most talented or most gifted in the room, but you can be the most competitive. I'm Deb Ruggiero. Thanks so much for joining us. You can listen to this interview and others on the website, AmazingWomenRI.com. Amazing Women Rhode Island is now a podcast. You can subscribe for free on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all your favorite streaming services. And if you like our show, please leave us a review and help spread the word. I'm Deb Ruggiero, and thanks for listening.